Oh, we're going? Uh, yeah. This is the podcast where you win some, you lose some, as long as the outcome is income. Oi. Welcome to HQLA. <laughs> hey. That's good. I reckon that's good. I reckon we go with that. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> okay. Nathan, tell us a story. <laughs> All right. Um, so this week I went for my uh, L's uh, course for my motorbike license, right? So I can drive a car and I thought, oh, it'd be good to be able to drive a, a motorbike as well. So the intention is to maybe find a little rental house in town, ride my motorbike into uni, into work, stuff like that. It's so the lifestyle you need. That's the lifestyle I'm after. So uh, that's the intention and uh, it was good. It was two evening um, like sessions that are all about like three or four hours and uh, some of it was in the rain, in the dark. So it was a bit hectic, but um, it was a good crew. It was about, I think it was uh, five of us and I was there with Oh yeah, it was in the mate. rain, in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's in the car park. There's like some lights and stuff, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's less than ideal, but it, you know, you're not always going to get perfect conditions. So it was a good example of that. Um, and so, yeah, it was a good experience. I feel like I went from never being able to, like I've never really touched a motorbike that you ride on the road before, maybe a dirt bike twice. And so it went from absolute novice to slightly less of a novice. Where would you rate yourself in the scale of kookiness? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, with that maximum. Obviously, Luke surfing is the 10 out of 10. And um, Luke's surfing is that no i'm kidding <laughs> is the kookiest of i'm gonna tag you in this point uh, no, don't do that. like if it was a 10 <laughs> if it was a one to 10 i would say i started off as a uh a one like yeah i could like I, I could sit on it and it wouldn't fall over kind of thing yeah and then i reckon i'm now like a a two and a half to three okay it'd be a zero if you could couldn't sit on it and you couldn't make it not fall over yeah i think so yeah <laughs> double negative apologies yeah. Uh, Luke, do you have a funny story? Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Tell us about your um, ideal Sunday morning this time <laughs> instead of your <laughs> ideal Saturday morning. <laughs> it's just like Saturday, but it's on Sunday. <laughs> it's on <Yes>. Sunday. <laughs> do the same thing again. <laughs> it comes before Monday and after Saturday. That's my ideal Sunday morning. Oh, you know, you know the other thing we should mention? We have been to this location before, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, for all those long-time viewers probably more viewers listeners it's it's not going to make any difference to you but for the viewers on youtube um we are in the same location that we're at for maybe episode two episode two yeah. um and we had to pack up because uh, it was raining but we were facing the opposite direction but uh we thought we'd come back and we would prove that we can tackle the hill we should mention this is the newcastle obelisk yeah, and it is it is the 20th of february episode six of hqla yeah six episodes how do you think it's going I mean, we've definitely gotten better. I think so. Episode two kind of sucked. Episode one Episode sucked more. Episode two. Uh, that was it. The, we ended up at the baths. Yeah. Actually, I liked that. It had uh, We had lemonade. We're talking about lemonade. Lemonade Snowflake. was cool. There's a couple of Palantir. good companies there. Palantir. I we like talked that. about Palantir in the first episode. What's going on with Palantir? I feel like it's peaked. I was wearing that shirt. It went up 13% no. last night. It was, oh, wasn't it more it? than that? Yeah. But okay. it went down but 40% it's been going in down the last three last days before yeah, that. So, in its defense, the... Share lockup for employees ended uh, the day before yesterday. Yep. And so it was running down on the... It ran down on bad news. Earnings was worse than expected, but oh, revenue really? was better. Okay. So it ran down more than 10% in yep. a day yeah, uh, right. from okay. bad news. But yep. it ran down more because the day after earnings was the employee lockup. Because yep. the public information, obviously. So when the uh, employees could get rid of their shares, they did. Because yep. obviously it's smart to diversify, even if you going down in the uh, what's know. this lockup is it a period of time 
Yeah, so because what happens with the US shares mm-hmm. is they often get paid bonuses in yep. shares yep. and they um they have to uh, they have a certain period where they can't sell okay. their shares yep. until um Would that be like are we talking like a year or uh no 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 it's certain weeks so uh, within oh, 2 weeks okay. of, or within w- a month within and 2 weeks of, of reports coming out yeah. or whatever. Okay, yeah. So like That makes sense. Yeah, the the period ended, you know, 31st of December or whatever. Yeah. Then they can't sell their shares until the middle of February, yeah, okay. kind of thing. Yeah, and then they have that three weeks to sell their shares, yep. and then the next period ends or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, there you go. We yeah. learned something. Yeah, lock up. Let's go for a transitional sound. Um, Luke, do a little dance. Make the sound. Make the transition. <laughs> yeah, sound. give us give us some music. Dun, dun. All right, so your, your recap. Sorry, how many how many listeners do you think we've got? Our one listener. Um, we're actually interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> we're interviewing our listener today. <laughs> it's nice to have our full audience with us tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go into straight into the yes. GME Robin Hood saga. Yes. This tell is, us. Um, what do you know? There's a lot of info here, What's and the info? Um, and I've got some really good a uh, bit of recap because we were yes. talking about this in the last. In two episodes ago, I should say. Mate, things are episode changing four, quick. Episode so four, I talked about this. This I is like episode it. six it once is. again. Right. So uh, we've got a bit of a deposition going on at the moment. It's actually a bit of a, a bit of a legal case situation okay. between, uh, and there's a whole bunch of interested, interesting parties, I should say. Okay, yeah. So there's a couple of, um, they're, getting, they're getting interviewed by um, senators and Congress and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, and so there, there are five kind of key players here. Okay. There is um, there is Vlad, who is yep. the CEO of Robinhood. Yep. Now he has been kind of villainized on the internet, especially by uh, yeah. Wall Street bets. Yeah. Big idiot. So yeah, so he's been he's <laughs> been called a, been called a big idiot by um, one of the fans yep. of GameStop. Uh, actually, a shareholder, our only shareholder in the group today. <laughs> really? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was the buy-in price like? Uh, Forty dollars. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. What? What is it now? $50 or something. Why do you still own it? I don't. Oh, oh so you, you were did. a shareholder. I was a shareholder. Uh, what'd you sell it at? But don't tell anyone. What'd you that. sell it at? Uh, <laughs> 150. 150. <laughs> and then I bought back in at 360. Uh, see, uh, it's the second move that uh, always gets you. And then you should just stick with the first move. I've done with this my before. first move, yeah. I bought five shares. Okay. And with my second move, I bought one share. Okay. Right. So but out of the money that you made from well, your yes, five shares. It was all profits from the first <laughs> share. Oh, okay. Right. But, uh, and then and then so you bought at what price? Sorry, the second time, three sixty. And then it didn't like go up from there. Uh, and then I sold it for a hundred dollars. Okay, so then so then you got your hundred dollars back. My so you made a hundred dollars in profit. Five hundred and fifty US dollar profit. You uh, made went towards my went towards my second GameStop investment. Yes, and then you sold that for a hundred. So you of that five hundred, you've got a hundred left. No, three sixty. No, 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 he only bought one share the second time. I went down two sixty. Okay. And I went up five fifty. Okay. So what was your net profit? Two ninety. Two ninety. Perfect. Yep. We got our resident maths guy. Um, <laughs> over Quick, <here>. math. <laughs> Quick math. I would definitely be checked on that multiple times if I was doing that. Yeah. Um, so we've got yeah we've got Vlad, our um our CEO of Robinhood. Perfect. So Robinhood and, and his twin brother. No, yeah. Sorry. And his twin brother. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, got yeah, in yeah. too quick there. That's, that's actually the next joke. If you couldn't um say that, that'd be good. So we've got um Keith Keith Gill. Is um <laughs> is known as Roaring Kitty, otherwise known as DFV, oh. which is um, deep flipping value uh, on but re- not flipping. on Reddit, but yeah, except the F word. Um, but we don't say that because we don't want the little E. It's a family friendly show. So yeah, 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 yeah. True. The I like little it. E I like the, the censorship. App. Yeah, I know maybe you should about. just put the beep in, just so people think you said the F word. Sorry. 
Continue. We have deep <laughs> f- value as uh, one of the things. <laughs> oh, now I'm going to have to do that. No, I, I do the audio. No, it's beep. Don't stuff it up. Yeah, oh. I'm going to have to beep it, aren't I? Yeah, that's all right. Okay. Just oh. don't forget. Okay. If we, <laughs> it'd be funny if we both didn't realize and like we just said. <laughs> and then my dad watches it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, continue. We don't want... Um, don't want dad getting the wrong ideas. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, so DFV have read it. Um, yeah. So the guy that made $50 million yes. off this GameStop move, he's being um, he's also part of the deposition. Mm. Uh, we've got Melvin Capital's CEO. This yep. is the evil representing of evil hedge funds. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, three, yeah. Yeah, and then we've got, uh, we got Ken from Citadel Securities. He's the oh, yeah. head of Citadel. Yeah. And we've also got Steve Huffman, the Reddit CEO. So, um, oh, okay. So yeah, it's there an interesting go. mix of people. They're kind of the cool. five yep. key players in this uh, in this deposition. Awesome. So uh, one of the things that I didn't mention last time, okay. and it was definitely a consideration, is that Robinhood were actually required to have a higher level of capital. Yes. So it was it was one of those, from what I've been led to believe, mm-hmm. is one of those late night uh, phone calls that you get okay. where the clearinghouse says you have to have this much money if you're going to keep yep. letting uh, GameStop trade. Yep. So it's one of those, yeah, one of those crazy ones. Yep. Um, so the clearinghouse uh, required a certain level of capital for them. Yeah. And uh, and they just didn't have enough capital. So this is where they True. brought in $3.2 billion of extra loans. Yes. Just to cover where they were at. Who and is they, this clearinghouse? So the clearinghouse, this is interesting because okay. the clearinghouse... Um, is actually it's it gets a little the mechanics of it get interesting okay because the clearinghouse isn't the same thing as the um, so the clearinghouse is Robin Hood Securities or whatever ah um, okay and the the investor like Robin Hood Trading mm-hmm. is like the mm-hmm. the app that people use yeah. right yeah but behind the clearinghouse is the regulatory body yeah. which um, switches so here in Australia it's called AustraClear okay yep um. Or I mean that's for bonds and stuff. I don't okay. know what yeah. what the regular market one is called. Okay. But um, but so there's actually like a a government body behind not uh, government body, but there's like a regulatory level. Yep. That they're required to have by, not it's like a, a in between yep. intermediary between different clearing houses. Yep. So they required more capital. Yep. And from my understanding, I don't think Vlad was allowed to say that. So I don't okay. know what you saw, but um. Okay. So there's like a NDA. Yeah, yeah. So he's um, he's been uh, he's been restricted from saying anything about it, and he he can't even talk about his NDA. Is yeah, that, it's so like an NDA of his NDA. From yeah, so so for uh, those of us that don't uh, know what that means, it's non-disclosure agreement, yeah. and uh, it's a legal thing that says he's not allowed to talk about it. So I thought that was that was kind of a yeah, that is interesting, kind of a cool one. Yeah, because like I also heard a little bit of this conversation, and it was kind of like. Uh, I think it was Chamath and some of yeah. those guys yeah, on yeah, his yeah. podcast. Um, were talk- yeah, Jason. Yeah. They were yeah. talking about um, how some of his responses were like so coy from the actual um, question asked. And mm. their hypothesis was, well, he might have an NDA of his NDA. So like he can't even say, oh, sorry, like I can't speak about that. Yeah. He has to say something um, to just fill in the gaps because he can't even say that he can't talk about it. I don't know. Yeah, but also it could be some serious <coughs> damage control media yeah. uh, kind of, who probably has a PR agent oh, that's kind of telling him what oh, to say. Absolutely. And does. so she's coached him in every possible question they could or ask. He. Hearing or this, I yeah. feel a little bit sorry, sorry for him. That's, that's a bit sexy. Yeah, you've got to feel a bit sorry for him. I mean, here's a guy who's, he's just like a tech guy, right? Yeah. He doesn't know how Doing to do his best. PR. Like, he, 
he didn't learn this stuff at uni no. or whatever he did in yeah. his studies. So yeah, so I've actually looked into him a bit. He's a okay. quant. So, oh, okay. Um, there you go. So, yeah, that's cool. just an insane maths dude. Yeah. yeah. So the poor guy's just doing his best. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's all right. Yeah. yeah what did so you say? Did you say he was stupid or something? I called him a big idiot. Okay. Do you take that back or are you still you ah. stand yeah, by that? How are your feelings? That was in the past. I'll just leave it there. Okay. Still a little, <laughs> you still have a slight resentment for... Uh, for I like, mean, would have been good if he. You had a lot. Before. If everyone kept buying it when I bought in at three sixty <laughs> the other day. <laughs> That's your only problem. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, okay. So since it was trading at twenty billion per day, um, the strict GameStop like the volume? GameStop's volume was. 20 oh wow! Billion. So yeah, it, it, cause do it you have any idea of like what that is in comparison to other things? Well, Tesla was nineteen on the same day, twenty seventh okay, of cool. January, which is still. An awkward comparison because that's still awkardly high compared to anything else. Yeah, right? and then yeah, and like then what's the next, normal? Like I mean, five billion. Oh, I don't know. yeah, but then you get all right, then you get Apple, which is yeah. like super obviously super standard yeah. as the highest traded kind of thing, yeah. and that's like you know fifteen, sixteen, yeah, kind okay. of vibe. Cool. Okay. And um, and then you've got yeah, you've got your standard as like Bank of America's all that kind of stuff, which yeah. I assume are about five. I don't know. Yeah, I we don't, don't know. really. But Could be. Yeah, someone um write a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, put it um, in the comments. Yeah, put it in the comments <laughs> and um. <laughs> Give us one star so that it looks more real. Oh, no, don't give us one no, star. No, give uh, five. Five, I meant that five. five. I get them confused. Um, <laughs> Six. <laughs> give them seven stars. So uh, Citadel are in there because they're trading on both sides. Yeah. So that was an interesting one. They have to do the long and short positions for other um, for other institutions. Mm-hmm. So they're actually a, um, they're a clearinghouse in themselves, and they have yeah, a right. huge conflict of interest there. Yep. Um, something else to consider is the T plus two settlement system. Yeah. Uh, so that's um, that's obviously where that liquidity requirement was from. Yeah, and Vlad is very much against it, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He wants he wants instant settlement. But, yeah. Um, but so it's that's the, obviously like it's like two days of clearing time or whatever before the funds are. Yeah. Or before the trades made, or before the funds are. Uh, so, so when you buy something, mm-hmm. you instantly transfer share certificates. Yep. And this is a, a very, this is, I'm talking 1920s, it made sense. Yeah, yeah. Because it took that long to go to the bank, yep. write a check, yep. walk down the street, go to the next bank. Yep. Then the bank manager has to go and phone the other bank and yep. make sure that it's, it's, it's a very manual process. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's, and then it takes two, two days to physically carry the cash over to the right. other bank. And then we've just upheld that for some reason. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's an interesting one because okay. I think, I mean, it's, it's not, particularly bad because it okay. can kind of it can kind of make sure I don't know I think it encourages a bit of a bit more activity which yep. could be good in yep. some cases I okay. guess okay but Vlad seems to be not on no. that side he, he, he appears to be against it so the great part uh, I don't know if how other brokers work but the yeah. great part with it on Comsec is that yeah. you can make a trade say you get paid on Wednesday yeah. you can make a trade on Monday yeah. uh, with money you don't have yet yeah. and then when you get paid <laughs> you can transfer into that account yeah and you've got the share at a cheaper price potentially, yep. and so yeah, you know that can be an advantage. Yep. At the same time, you probably shouldn't be trading with money you don't have yet. That's true. I don't know. That's just my kind of. Ah, thought. don't be stupid. Yeah. Anyway, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's a silly idea. Silly idea. Okay. Good. So it looks like um, Keith is actually getting hit, which is um, DFE. Keith. He's um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. We know who that is. Yeah. Uh, Roaring Kitty is. Yep. Um, is getting slammed with a bit Roaring of. Roaring uh, Kitty. What does that mean? Is that another handle? That's of his. his? Um, that's his YouTube. So he actually oh. does stock tutorial kind of things. Oh right. And uh, on so he does that on YouTube and does a bit yeah. of analysis and that kind of thing. So you were saying that he had been speaking on YouTube on his YouTube channel for what quite some time. Uh, quite yeah, I think a couple of years yeah. about GameStop. Right. Yeah, and uh, but not not a couple of years about GameStop, but oh, he's been sorry. doing analysis for a couple of years. Yeah, I right. think he's been talking about GameStop since last year though. Okay. So yeah. 
sometime in 2020. He picked okay. it up and he really liked it. And um, he liked the stock. He liked the stock. So he finished his uh, deposition, I think, with um, in short, I like the stock. Oh. So, um, <laughs> so it was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, right. But his um, his actual charges. Uh, he's he's getting hit potentially with securities fraud, I yeah, think. Yeah. So I'm not 100 percent sure on the uh, okay. on the coverage of it. But yeah. um, also we've got uh, Vlad and Keith that look like the exact same person. <laughs> we had a um, I had a tweet which had um, a big fu, and then it was removed and it was reposted with the other guy's photo because they, he accidentally did it. Too. Who made the tweet? It was um, Davy Day traded Dave Portnoy. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, so he immediately slammed him. Barstool and it, guy. He slammed the wrong guy. Yeah, the Barstool guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, who knows what he does. Um, but we're, I'd like to move on to the final segment of Please this. Do. Um, so I'd like to move on to the meme review. <laughs> the, uh, the meme review. Why has, do all of your segments have memes? <laughs> well, memes are, memes are great. So the first <laughs> one we've got. Life. I'm going to explain He's this meme one. Trader, bro. He's a meme trader, bro. <laughs> meme trader, yeah. You and Elon. Yeah, me and Elon. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to start the first one yeah. with there's um, there's all different people on the Zoom call for uh, this is this is hard on the audio, but I'm going to keep it I'm going to keep it as concise and uh, yeah, simple yeah. as yeah, I can. Yeah, great. Here we so go. we've got a bunch of uh, audience members. Yeah. Completely bored. There's the Melbourne Capital guy. There's the Citadel guy. There's Vlad. And then Rory and Kitty comes on the screen, and they're all like, "Woo!" They're all excited and um, and really like pumped up. So you know, there's that one. Moving on quickly from that, as yeah, a funny meme. What do you rate it out of ten? Go. One. All right. So that one wasn't great. Let's move on to the next one. We've got. Um, we've got. Stick, stick with us. Stick we've with got us off-brand. On this. We've got off-brand honey nuttos um, for Vlad and oh, honey yeah. nut Cheerios for uh, for the version <laughs> of Keith. Uh, uh, yeah, that's the joke once good. again is yeah, that they're funny. very similar. Yeah. It's you know it's Aldi brand versus um, very high quality. Who's Aldi? Uh, it's um it's Wish brand. When you when you order Keith yeah, off who's, Wish, who's which? You know oh, oh the um obviously DFV is um, Honey Nut Cheerios and right. Vlad is okay. um, is Honey Nut okay, okay. They ha- both have long hair. They're both yeah. like pretty slender, kind of slim faces. They're both you know same vibe, same been villain. Sitting inside too much. Yeah, never been in the side of the. They both yeah they both look like a bit of a villain. <laughs> they yeah. both got a suit on. <laughs> they do. So they do. Not, both got I'm that. sure they don't mean to, but yeah, they do unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and then this this is quite good. This is a photo, and I don't know how real it is, but it was funny. It was um it's GameStop going going green as yeah. soon as um Keith comes on the screen. Oh. And um and they've got they've got the GameStop price. It's on CNBC. They got the oh, GameStop yeah. price next yeah. to him. Yeah. And they've um and yeah, when he comes on the screen it goes green and when he goes <laughs> off the screen it goes red, <laughs> which is quite funny. It's very likely that it's real because I would guess that there'd be a lot of memers that would just be selling as soon as he's off screen and then buying as soon as he's just cuz it's funny. Um yeah. which, you know, I'd believe it. Oh, yep, and then we got our next uh, section. Don't don't worry about that. You didn't see anything? I, I actually didn't see. You anything. actually didn't see anything. Yeah, yeah, good. All right. Good response. <laughs> nice. Excellent. If we'd like to do a uh, transition sound all right, so a uh, company that I've been looking at recent. Sorry? Do we need to clap here? No. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's um, <laughs> don't worry. Okay. All right, we're having a lot of fun. All right, so um, <laughs> the a company I've been looking at recently is called um, SoFi. And uh, it's kind of cool um, uh, because it is a, um, it's a SPAC or it utilizes uh, the SPAC method. So let's, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit more and you'll understand what it means. So, um, so basically, this is um, in the fintech space. So this is a neo bank, which is basically trying to disrupt the big banks' um, corporate kind of 
um, hold on the you know people's money and 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 all this kind of thing. And so um, CEO is a guy named Anthony uh, Noto, and he he has a, a great resume to be honest. Um, he's the former COO of Twitter, uh, former MD at Goldman Sachs, and a former CFO of the uh, National Football League. He's really done uh, it all. So he must be balling out of control. It's possible. Um, he's the chief of many things. He's he is the chief of many things. So, um, so okay. So uh, they currently have 1.8 members to date, which is what? Sorry. 1.8 members. 1.8 million members. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's better. <laughs> that sounds like a podcast. Um, and so <laughs> yeah, it's very true. And uh, <laughs> the point of difference is, uh, it's not like, it's not necessarily groundbreaking stuff. It's just taking. Um, something that's unrefined, being like the banking system, taking something that isn't necessarily customer focused um, and doing the opposite. So they're focusing on speed, selection of, um, uh, you know, opportunities and products, um, convenience, all on the one app on a phone, uh, things like this. So, th- so it's not necessarily uh, groundbreaking in the products that they're providing, but the experience and the way in which they're doing it is, uh, I suppose, their point of difference. So... Um, Okay, so I'll take you back to um, a little bit of history on SoFi. So SoFi announced an acquisition of uh, a company called Galileo Financial Technologies in April 2020. And so Galileo um, are slightly different. So Galileo, um, uh, oh, so the okay, so the acquisition was uh, for 1.8 billion in cash and stock. So it's, it's fairly significant. And Galileo was founded by a guy named Clay um, Wilkes. Um, in in 2000, he's still the CEO. So you know it's 2000, and so he's been the CEO for 21 years. He's founded it 21 years ago, um, and in the agreement when they made the acquisition, uh, Galileo was continu- They were um, told to continue to operate independently. So it's not as if they. Uh, acquired them and oh, so it's but run run yourself still exactly. And don't so integrate. The, yeah. the same guy who founded it is still the CEO, and they still provide the separate service that they provide. So um, the other th- the other really cool thing about Galileo is it's basically profitable since it started. Um, it just bootstrapped from the start. It didn't really take a lot of um, capital initially, and so they came to the party with fifty million customers, um, which was really cool. And they basically, for the most part, obviously in that fifty million, a lot of it is just uh, consumer business. Um, but their bulk of revenue um, is business-to-business um, business customers. And so what they do is they provide basically the back-end work um, for these neobanks to provide the platform. So, for example, some of their customers include Chime Banking, Robinhood, which we just spoke about, uh. Monzo, and TransferWise. So two of those are US-based, yep. the last two are UK-based. And so they had a really good customer base in the UK as well, which was another... Um, tick on the acquisition box because yep. um, obviously SoFi is just really based in the US. So that allowed them to expand using the contacts and customer base that Galileo had in the UK. And it allowed them to utilize, because um, basically um, SoFi is just a neo bank. So they just basically provide the platform, the products, the customer acquisition, the customer service, um, you know, the app, all of those things, but they need someone else to provide them with the backend support um, to actually manage the money side of it. And so that's what Galileo basically specializes in. So for them to be able to acquire them, it means they can utilize their services as part of the agreement. Um, so uh, obviously, you know, running costs and all these things and not having to pay a, a third party to, to, to do that. So that's pretty cool. Um, 
And so uh, that's a really good vibe. Um, Galileo seems like a very, very awesome company. They've brought everything in-house essentially by having a partner correct. who they also own. Yes, correct. And yeah, all right. And it's and it's going well for them. Yeah, obviously. it's like you're working. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, you have someone who mows your lawn and he's really good at it. And he's you've also got a lot of, employed by your other company. You've got a lot of lawn, and so you just <laughs> decide to put him on the books instead of paying him every time. And and so um, yeah, that's kind of what they did. And so there's a um, fund called. Um, uh, Acel Partners, and um, they announced a $77 million investment into Galileo in April 2019. And um, it's a little bit significant because they've invested in some really great companies. For example, uh, there's an app called One Password on your phone. I actually personally use it. Ah. Um, they invested in them. They invested in Atlassian, um, which is a really cool um, Sydney-based um, tech company. And um, they also... Um, they also invested in uh, a business called GoFundMe, which you've probably seen yeah, yeah. Um, online. It's like Kickstarter. It's like Kickstarter, yeah. Kickstarter for people who don't actually have a good idea. They just want money from someone. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> to go to Mexico. Okay, so the services that they <laughs> offer um, is uh, quite broad, but I'll just run through them super quick to give you an idea of what they do. So Neobank, they... Um, they have a bunch of products and uh, the first one's called um, SoFi Money, which is just like their account. It's their money account. So there's no fees and there's no ATM fees in 55,000 banks across Australia. Sorry, across the world, including Australia. Not including Australia. I think it does include the closest it gets to Australia is Hong Kong at the moment. I mean, if you have to fly to Hong Kong to do your banking, uh, you're kind of a baller. So I, I, <laughs> well, I endorse it's it. It's probably not, SoFi's not really something you'd as a customer use in Australia yet. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, one day it'll get here. Yeah. Um, One day we'll fly to Hong Kong to do our banking. Possibly. Mm. Uh, another product is SoFi credit cards. There's no annual fee. And they also provide a 2% unlimited cash back um, for use on their platform. So, you know, you spend a whole bunch of money using your credit card. They give you 2% cash back. And then you, can, you can't necessarily take that and just spend it. But you can use that to pay down a loan that you might have with them. Or um, you can use that to put in a savings account and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know if other... Um, credit cards offer that before. I, I don't have a lot of experience with them, but that seems cool. Um, they have another one called SoFi Relay, which is like a money tracking budgeting um, product. Um, they also include on that uh, a credit score monitoring, which is kind of cool, particularly in the US. Credit score is very important. True. Um, SoFi Invest. So this is really cool. They include um, on this same app and platform where you're doing all those other products, you've also got... Um, uh, ETFs and crypto and equities that you can trade. That's something that's cool to have in a banking product because yes. one thing I found with a lot of Australian banks, yes. I only, I think that there are two, and it's probably because of regulations and a lot of difficulty there as well, yeah. but uh, Comsec and yeah. NAB, yeah. Um, NAB Trade, mm. are the only two bank-affiliated, like, oh, seri- well, they're the only serious ones. Yeah. So, And it's and that's it's, really just the, a bank buying someone else's brokerage, right? Like, Comsec, for example, did they like make that? Uh, yeah. Oh, they did. I think so. They're yeah. not Comsec International. I think that they're too. Well, no, no, no. That's a separate company. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's well, no, no, what I'm saying to is, to do international, they run through a different right. um, company. Okay. Uh, called Pershing Square or something. Yeah. But um, but that's their international. But this okay. Comsec, the actual Comsec, I yep. think, is run by Commonwealth Bank. Okay. Um, and it's like a it's a division or whatever. Okay. But. Uh, yeah, only two, but it's something that is traditionally associated directly with banking. Yep. So I think maybe in Australia it's just a kind of a different vibe mm-hmm. in general. But um, 
but yeah, you'd think you'd think that there would be a lot more uh, banks that are doing that. Maybe it's just not profitable enough. Like it, yeah. it must not just be a good I idea in Australia. I think you might. Well, be right. Comsec International's trading fees are through the roof. Yeah. yeah. Comsec fees in general are through the roof. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not it's not too bad. Ten, like you get nineteen ninety nine for over um over a thousand bucks, but um but that was the typical like there are still brokers in the US that are doing thirty USD per trade. Oh really? Um so and they're obviously losing customers, but um yeah right. Well, I mean, <laughs> and then there's the people like our friend um Dylan who. He the way he trades is he literally calls up someone and <laughs> makes the trade like that. Like that's that's a very it's like, old fashioned, but it's um, wow. that's an expensive way to do it. I mean, that was the main way. To, I don't know what the cost is. Yeah, I mean, you get the customer care. Like, you get something. Hey, don't yeah. do that. I think he also gets. <laughs> don't I, do think, that. I think he mess, I think he probably stuff. gets recommendations and stuff like that as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Like, there's all different ways you can go. Does he buy individual shares? No, nah, sorry, way? they're ETFs. They're ETFs. Yeah. But he physically calls someone and yeah, says, he calls someone. Hey. By by yeah, ETFs now. That's what happens. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I, I think I called. think it's I think it's more. Yeah, he calls. It's I think it's more along like uh, I think he calls. Like yeah. it, it's definitely like either an email or a call or something. Yeah. And of all the people to not want to call someone, you would think. Yeah. That yeah. Anyway, yep. And so <laughs> I think it's kind of like oh I've got like ten grand now. Like can you help me? Oh yeah, you should put it on these things. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll buy these things. It's the traditional like. It, that was the the most common method until yeah. I don't know two thousand. Well, back in the age of not having information, yeah. you know. Now we're in the information age. You can yeah, but even but even decide. until the ten fifteen years ago, oh, really? that was the kind of main way yeah, to right. do stuff. I think. Okay. Um, okay. So moving along, another product that they offer, which is really just relevant to the US, is um, student loan refinancing. Now this really interests me, and I feel like I need to research this more because it seems just insane, but it might be true. So. Um, the average U.S. federal student loan rates um, for study, right, at college, as they call it, um, college, is from 4.6 to 7.2% um, interest rate on these loans, right? Which is crazy because, like, if in Australia we have a help debt or hex debt or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. And there's hex no interest help. on it, is it? Uh, it goes up by CPI, so it goes up by about 1.3%. Right. So that's, for, that's for them to the have a seven percent—that's yeah. seems huge. Well, yeah. The reason is because it's it's based on. So they're not they don't do it through the government. They do it through J.P. Morgan right. and um, and different banks. Okay. And think about a mortgage rate in the last five years. Yeah. Like five years ago, you would have had the lowest rate on a mortgage in the U.S. Mm-hmm. or in anywhere in the world it would have been like four and a half percent, five percent kind of thing. Yeah. And um and so probably a lot of those rates would have set five years ago. Well, yeah, yeah, on yeah. average, the average college student got their student loan. Yes, I don't know five or six years ago. Yeah, and there's a lot of them that would have got it ten years ago at seven point two percent. Yes, and so that's still on the books because they're still paying for it because yes. of all that exorbitant interest. Yeah, and um and so if you think about it like that, yeah. I think it makes a lot more sense that. Okay. They're paying that kind of rate, and also if you get a mortgage, you're securing it against the property. Correct. Yeah, you know. Whereas with a degree, you're securing, securing it against your brain. Yeah. Um, and you could just die. So. Yes. Okay. So obviously, SoFi saw an opportunity here, so they came in, undercut the JP Morgans who were taking these loans, and uh, they do a 2.99 fixed interest rate on anyone who wants to refinance their student loan, which is great, right? If you've That's got really a seven percent interest. Uh, they do personal loans starting at 5.9%, which isn't bad. I feel like I got a car loan uh, uh, a couple of years ago, and it yeah. was like 15% or something crazy. Didn't you get it on... Wasn't it unsecured, though? Yeah, it was unsecured. Yeah. I only had it for like two or two or three months. So yeah. I don't care. But 
Um, I was I was amazed at the interest rate. Um, yeah. Uh, home, they do home loans, five percent minimum deposit. I mean, the US is crazy on that kind of stuff. Um, so if I protect, so they do life insurance, auto insurance, auto insurance, um, homeowners insurance, renters insurance. They do SoFi at work, so they provide a dashboard, which is like a financial hub for employees. They can see what's going on. Um, and they do small business financing as well, so small loans um, for small businesses. So, a lot of products, um, a lot of them disrupting different uh, facets of the banking industry, which is cool. A um, little bit of performance um, is over uh, $200 million in net revenue in Q3 2020. And they are on track for $1 billion of adjusted net revenue for 2021. Which is 70, uh, 60% year-on-year growth. That's incredible. So they're growing. They're a financial that's growing. Correct. That's surprising. Um, so, Well, yes. I mean, it might be because they keep on acquiring other businesses. I don't True. Know. Um, but either way, looks good for the books. Um, and then just wrapping up is uh, a little bit about the share stuff. So what I haven't really mentioned is that um, they are still currently a private company. Yeah. Um, but uh, talking a bit more about the SPAC. So they're going public via... Can you explain the acronym first? Yes. So SPAC means special purpose acquisition company. And so basically in this situation, a guy named Chamath who runs a, uh, an organization called, um, social capital. Uh, he's done this a bunch recently. I like Chamath. Yeah. He's a cool dude. And so he runs a really cool podcast as well, which we referred to earlier. And he posted a thirst trap on Twitter, um, for anyone who, um, who follows him, uh, he's, he's a very fit boy now. He, I don't really? think he ever was like that, All right. but now he's, he got really shredded oh, cool. and then posted a Twitter <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> good on him. Yeah. So, well, power um, to him. so he was getting shredded the other day in his podcast, Dang. um, by the other guys. Yeah. Right. They were like, Ooh, th- any thirsty girls, you know, in your well, DMs after, uh, after that. <laughs> so anyway, so social capital create this SPAC, um, and it's, just a shell company. Uh, it has like, I don't know, I think this one has like three directors and that's it who kind of work at the company. It's not really a real company. Um, and then basically they start talking about um, what their acquisition targets look like or their merger targets. And uh, they released sometime at the start of the year or the end of last year that this particular one um, was going to be this company called SoFi. And so at this point, people buy into the SPAC, which is... Um, the ticker symbol for this particular one is IPOE. Um, he has a bunch of other ones, which are IPOF, IPO, different um, different other things. What does that mean? Is that the um, that symbol? Is that the uh, round of funding that they're up to? Are we talking like Series A, Series E? Oh, you mean the E at the end? Is that what it means? Like, I don't know what that. I think it's just projects or like specs. Oh uh, right, time. yeah. So, so this is E, little, then the next one is F. But it's not an official ticker if it's not. It's a ticker. Uh, oh, so it actually is on yeah, the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you said it was private. The SPAC. I'm talking about SPAC. Oh, okay. So the SPAC is on the, on uh, the but so far exchange. Isn't. No, so so basically what will happen here is um, there's a... De- so within Q1 of this year, which is sometime in the next month, basically, um, the two companies will merge um, and anyone who owns a share in the SPAC, which has the ticker single IPOE, right, okay. will get a share in uh, SoFi. Okay, yeah. Because they will become one. Makes sense, makes and sense. And so why this is cool is because um, it's a much quicker way to go public. So um, previously, or yeah, history shows that a lot of companies will IPO and they'll kind of like, 
built, they'll do it. There's a, probably a whole bunch of marketing around that and making sure that they're making the most. They're not leaving any money on the table. And, and there's probably just a lot of hoops to jump through and finding someone to do the IPO for them and, mm. and all these things, right? It's much easier to just merge with a company who's already um, public. So, and particularly when it's a guy like Chamath um, who owns the company that's public, it has backing already. Uh, like if nothing else, if nothing even financially, it has the backing of people who know that Shamath is going to invest or merge with companies that he believes in. Yeah. Because if you look into social capital, his whole stance is like um, changing the world, you know, like finding companies that are actually going to make a difference in the world and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And companies like Tesla and stuff like that who are changing, um, you know, energy and stuff. So anyway, um, it has IPO'd, the SPAC IPO'd in October at, at about $10 a share. It's now at twenty two fifty a share which is about 118% increase, which is all right if you bought it. Um, but still keeping in mind that people who aren't aware of the situation uh, will see a change of that ticker to um, SoFi. And then there's every chance that um, that stock could really increase because people understand what company it is. They want to invest into that company. They might not understand what's going on at the moment yeah. as do it's you, a SPAC. Do you hold any of this share? I do. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And cool. the reason that he thinks it's a buy is because he owns about eight shares at a time, and so or I don't know how many you've got on the on the book at the moment. Yeah, but, it's um, about that. But you often try and keep it as consolidated yeah. as possible, which yeah. means it's a definite buy from Nathan. Yeah, not well, not that that's financial advice. So if um, anyone I, I, like I don't know <laughs> if anyone's interested, I basically sold Roku to buy IPO because uh, I was I was done with it. Wow. But the increase was good, like probably one hundred and twenty percent. Um, on Roku? Yeah. Ah, and Luke was on the last episode where we talked about Roku, not the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I talked yeah. about it. it. It will come out just before this episode. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's a cool company, but I don't think it's world-changing stuff. And yeah, so yeah. I uh, I sold it, and I was happy with that. And it'll continue to go up, I'm sure. But um, I just don't think it holds the opportunities that some of these other companies do. And Chamath is a very clever guy. So I think he's he someone who's worth investing in. I just wanted exposure to him and what he's doing. And yeah. this was, he had a whole bunch of different SPACs at the moment. And this was one that I could believe in. And so I don't have a lot of exposure to fintech. So Say his last name if you're a true fanboy. Palahapitia. That's very good. That's very rude. That's very good. We're leaving that in. Um, so with this uh, consolidated portfolio yeah okay we'll talk uh, about that. do you think this uh <laughs> podcast really pushes you to kind of do extra research yeah and so find new shares that are okay, good investments good question so um yes one of the reasons that we like doing this podcast or even me personally is because even if no one listens uh, i really enjoy doing the research and understanding companies well to make decisions because as you're saying for me um the way i would the way I usually invest in a in a company is I kind of like the idea of something, or I, I I'm trolling through um trolling through not trolling through, <laughs> trolling through um like different um business or different companies that are public on the um, brokerage that I use. I find something I love the idea of it. The concept seems good. I might buy a share, you know, thirty, fifty, hundred bucks, whatever it is, and then I'll go and sort of do a bunch of research and um, watch it and increase dollar cost average. Um, my uh, position on that. and Once you've got skin in the game, it's a lot easier correct. to care about what you're looking at. Correct. Yeah. And I should mention that there's a lot of other companies that don't even make the cut. So um, there's a lot of companies in my watch list that go, oh, they look really cool. But when I find something that's sitting in the watch list for a while or I, something I haven't uh, been aware of that I add, um, it's usually intentional. And uh, yeah. 
I've got Taco Bell in my watch list, and I've had it really? there for the last yeah. two or three years. Surely it's never going to make the leap. It hasn't. I haven't made the leap yet. I'm still <laughs> looking into it. It's actually Yum Brands. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yum. It's like KFC as well, right? How's yeah, it's, it's KFC as well. Yeah. Yeah. How is its gains over the last three years? It's been good, actually. It's been um, it's been surprisingly good. Yeah. Uh, I don't regret not jumping in because I've made more gains on other things. Yeah, opportunity cost, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, you got to consider these things. Uh, that's yeah. my first point. My second point is oh, that the interview, <laughs> the guest, <laughs> the guest has become the interviewer. Um, that yes. was a very nice question. True. That Thank was a good you. question. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I, I'm, really happy to, I'm happy to leave it at that. So yeah. um, cool company. I do own a little bit. I would say that it's a very, very small amount. It's a very, very small percentage in my portfolio, and uh, but it's enough to have some exposure. So I'm happy with that. Nice. I like the spec. Very good. Nice. I'm definitely getting sunburned, but yep. that's alright. <laughs> getting better. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing two things. The problem at once that I have is that uh, it it's more boring when it's at one speed. And Nathan is an extremely efficient person. Well, I like see like I'll be. I know you're considering all the topics and you're thinking about them in depth. But I'm also thinking is. about. But I just stop thinking about them and I start thinking about something else. When I'm, I'm going, like, are you uh, still saying that sentence? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst. Maybe we should. Or <laughs> just talk at one point five. So I was talking about the carnival cruises and. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't give it all away. <laughs> all right, I want to hear it. All right, here we go. Look, what do you all got? Right. Uh, Carnival Cruise Lines hey, is what I'm talking about. Okay. So it's a public company on the New York Stock Exchange yep. uh, with the ticker code CCL. Okay. It was founded in 1972 Wow. by Ted Arison. Oh. And they started off with one ship. Yep. Uh, what was the name the, of that the ship? The Mardi Gras. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And it had a, ca- a capacity. How progressive for their time? Very progressive. Wow. Uh, the capacity of the ship was about 2,800 people. Uh, oh, wow. Staff and guests wow, included okay. in that number. Okay. So is uh, he still involved in the business? No. Okay. So uh, they IPO'd in 1987. Right. Do we uh, do we need to explain what IPO means? Uh, yeah. So actually, I had a um, I had a fan reach out to me the other day <laughs> and uh, and ask what IPO meant. Uh, initial <laughs> so public good. offering. Yeah. That's when the share goes pr- uh, from private to public. Yeah, like the company. People yeah. are allowed to go yeah. and invest in it on any on on a lot of markets, and they can buy and sell it as much as they want. Yeah. Uh, whereas before, it was just owned by a few people. Yeah. So and, it's like yeah. restricted to only really like institutional investors when it's private, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's there's always paperwork and whatever, and yeah. then yeah. So you go and you go and start a company in your garage, folding paper, yep. Yep. and uh, yep. you make a, a million dollars a year. Yeah. No one yep. can instantly buy shares in your company. Correct. There's a process. Yes. It's called IPO. So and SPAC is one method to becoming a public company. Okay. Sorry. Cool. So IPO in 1987, July the 31st, uh, for three dollars wow. eighty-seven. They've been a public for a long time. They have. Wow. For three dollars eighty-seven <laughs> and a half per share. Three dollars eighty-seven um, and a half. Their market cap. Does anyone want to have a guess? Eighty-seven and a half. What do you mean? Yeah. Three dollars eighty-seven point five cents. Wow. Three dollars eighty-seven. So a half a cent was a thing in. Uh... Apparently. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Sorry. what do you think their market cap was uh, when they IPO? Right, right. So they've they've got. Do they still only have one boat at this point? No. They got I, a few. I tried looking this up and I could not find. So how th- many they we're have. expecting they have a, a few boats at this I'd point. I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to guess? Uh, the, the what IPO, is this? Are we talking 19, about IPO market 1987 cap? 1987 IPO market cap. At $3 something a share. Uh, 1987. Uh, I'm going to guess $200 million. Whoa. I'm not gonna, I'm not, whoa. Ah. 
<laughs> okay, sorry. It's nine point something. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't let Nathan guess. Nine point seven. Nine point seven thousand dollars. Nine point seven thousand. It's clearly nine. Nine point seven million. Nine point four five million. Oh, I should have let you guess. He started I'm saying sorry. seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So okay. market cap was nine point four five million dollars at IPO. Bro, that's like some companies. Uh, like that's the guy who runs Google. I feel like that's like his annual compensation. Yeah, nowadays. it's a very small amount, but it was 1987. True. So it's probably yes. worth a billion dollars now. Since then, you reckon? That's no, all? I don't think that's true. Since then, uh, it's had two stock splits, mm-hmm. two for one stock splits. Oh, uh, what does that mean? Uh, you get two shares. Yeah. So if I own one share. Yeah. So if I own one. Yes. The, just the price changes or the price changes as well, right? Well, the price splits in half. Okay. Half so, so, so if it's $100 you and still I still have the one, same value. I get two shares and they're $50. Yep. And what's, do you guys know why, like, why would they do that? I wouldn't, no. Uh, I'd say no. I think, come on. I mean, as they grow, they want to reduce the price so that more people can buy in, make it more affordable for the individual investors. Particularly at that point, there was no fractional exchanges where you could buy fractional shares. Yeah, okay, well then. So if you've got a company and it's $1,000 a share, no one can buy it. That's a good point. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, So their splits were in 1994 and 1998. Okay. And their current stock price is $24.93. US. Jeez, that's not much. So since their IPO, it's a 2,573% gain. Oh, when you say it like that. Yeah, well. Not bad. Seems like it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, What's that, current like market cap, $24.32 billion. $24 billion. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So is that, do you know if that's a higher, and you might not know the answer to this one, is that a higher growth than the S&P 500 in that time? Uh, that's well, a good question. I would say so. He 45 so. years and... Um, that's yeah, it's got to be over fifty percent a year, on average. Oh uh, well, it's a low uh, number. It's a low number per year. Like ten percent per year can end up as two thousand percent return. Yeah. Uh, okay. In forty years, I don't know. I don't actually know what the numbers are, but yeah. You actually know? No, I don't actually know. Oh, what the, okay. Yeah. You actually know? But you're not. Well, okay. Us. Yeah, I know. Over what it is. I'm, I'm keeping it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Continue. That's a tricky question. Over thirty-four years. Yeah. The price has gone up. 2,573%. 34 years. Okay. So it seems to be okay. better, I would say. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot when better. you say it like that, it seems like it would be. A lot better. But I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, There's a little research question for all our listeners. <laughs> Very good. It's probably an easy one to Google. Look it up yourself <laughs> and find out. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about the company today. The CEO is Arnold Donald. What? He's been the CEO. <laughs> the old two first names, eh? Arnold Donald. You never trust someone with two first names. Donald you know? Donald. <laughs> Sorry. He's been the CEO for almost eight years. That's a no from me. Shut in I've heard that one July before, 2013. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, they currently have 26 vessels in their fleet. Really? Yes. Okay. And the average build cost per ship. Yeah. I thought you said well, you looked it up and you couldn't. The range, no, no, back then. The build well, ship, oh, back, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, right, yeah. The ra- the build cost per ship ranges from two hundred and twenty-five million dollars yeah. to nine hundred and fifty million dollars. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> so their so their most expensive ship is now. It's a new ship. Yeah. And it's also called the Carnival Mardi Gras. Oh. Yes. Okay. And that was completed in late twenty twenty. Oh right, so they're still building ships <laughs> in twenty twenty. They are. 
Surprisingly. That's a, that is a surprise. They so must have some good cash in the bank. Yeah. Uh, you reckon yeah. they started it in 2018 and they were like, well, yeah, we might as well yeah. I'm sure it. it takes a few years. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's probably true. Um, so, yeah, that one was almost a billion dollars to build, which is okay. crazy. Billion dollars. The capacity of the ship is 5,282 oh. passengers, that's including staff and guests. Bigger than some small towns around here. That's quite big. Um, and up until the 20th of February last year, yeah. which is actually a year from today back, um, yeah, that is. they it used is. to pay well, a small is. dividend of about 1.2%, something like that. Oh, okay. um, but because of the coronavirus, they've stopped paying a dividend on that date, yeah. um, which are massively affected by the coronavirus. Yes, uh, I've got some numbers here, some they financial numbers. They actually instigated it. Here in Australia, True. to a certain extent, is it, yes. was it Carnival specifically? I think it was. was uh, I think it was the print Lady Princess. Or yeah, something? The, the, yeah. Is that Carnival though? Ruby Princess. That's the right. Ruby Princess. I don't know. I don't know. I where was, was that? Was in Victoria. Was that here? That was in Sydney. I think that was in Sydney. I think that was Carnival. So for our international viewers, what happened? So there was like a a, a a boat that came in, and they were supposed to get tested or something. And then they just let them all off the boat, basically, right? Yeah. yeah. A bunch of mad cu- cr- coronavirus. It's like, we can't get in trouble for this. We're yeah. just going to let them off. They just let them off. <laughs> they did get in trouble for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, <coughs> they did some big investigation. I don't know if anything's come of it there. Mm. Maybe it's still going. Sorry. Well, their numbers are pretty evident. Uh, oh, you got some numbers? Based on the coronavirus what do you got? times. Okay. I've got some earnings per share for 2019. Earnings per share. Was $4.32. Okay. Uh, and they had 119,000 employees in 2019. 119,000 employees. That's incredible. And now... I suppose that's all the people who work on the boats. Yeah, okay. Earnings per share in 2020... <laughs> seems like a lot. ...was negative $13.20. That's like 20% of Newcastle. That's a lot. Work for Carnival Cruises. Yeah. That is the... I know... So I, I looked this up a couple of years ago. Yeah. I know that BHP had 130,000 employees. Really? So having almost wow. as many as BHP, yeah, that's kind of crazy. If you consider BHP has mm-hmm. multiple mines all across the world. Yes. Yeah. Well, they have well, multiple boats, though. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> they, they got multiple 26. boats across the world. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm getting so sunburned. Don't worry about it. Stop, anyway, stop so complaining. 2019, <laughs> they had 119,000 employees. Yeah. 2021, does anyone... Here you go. Six. Do you want to have a guess? They got six. How I many? Reckon. Six. Six. They six. have six. They I have, have more I mean, than let me six. Guess. No. Oh, yeah, there we go. I thought you were going to give it away no. again early. I'm going to go with uh, 15,000. Oh, okay. Well. Oh. What is it? Did I get it? What do you think? I told you. <laughs> he thinks six. six. You he think thinks they've got six people. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, no, one to drive each. I'll guess. I'll guess. I'll guess. So they had 119,000. They have at least one person to drive each boat. <laughs> so they have to have 26. But they don't need to drive. <laughs> <laughs> the CEO and the secretary True. can drive I was a bit each. out there, wasn't I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll say, because of your reaction to him saying 15,000, I'll say 50,000. Okay. Well, uh, I thought these numbers were shocking, but based on your <laughs> what is it? guesses, it's not that bad. 110,000. No, they have 21,000 people working for them. Now. Oh, right. Oh, wow. Oh, that is shocking. That is, that so they've is had pretty a, shocking. Well, I'm, I'm they've shocked. had 98,000 people that they've had to let off That's or huge. have left in the last wow. uh, 18 months, pretty much. That's ginormous. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, think about how hard it is for the people Which that have ginormous gone. is a word we use in Australia for huge. Ginormous. <laughs> for anyone who's international. <laughs> That's huge mungus. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, Hugh? Hugh mungus? <laughs> yes, well, I guess they've needed to cut, cut oh, costs uh, because they're... Boomerang earlier. <laughs> boomerang? Yeah. They've pretty much had what? no earnings Wait, all year for what? the last... 12 no earnings. Yeah, true. 
I could um, I could relate. Yeah, like I said, the earnings per share has gone from four thirty two in twenty nineteen to minus thirteen dollars twenty in twenty twenty. Oh. In Luke's defense, I told him earnings per share was okay as a financial metric. He did. Yeah, okay. I was gonna use We don't usually talk about it, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean <laughs> He asked he asked and I was like, Yep, do it whatever gives you want. Yeah, some kind of <laughs> perspective. Oh, no, when you when you give the two numbers like that, that's really good. Yeah. Yes. And in March was their lowest price, their lowest stock price, oh, yeah. March 2020. Yeah. They went down to $7.80. Okay. Do you know what it is now? Yeah, twenty four ninety something. Did you buy it? No. Wow. Oh, uh, you did, what? didn't you? What? I'll tell you about it. What do okay, you mean? But no. their stock price has <laughs> run up 315% <laughs> yeah. since then. Um, so I am uh, actually a, a manager of a few funds here, a few people's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. money. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I manage my girlfriend's out, we funds. Actually, yeah. <laughs> we should point out Luke has multiple portfolios under his belt. No, no, no. We already got that. that one again. <laughs> so, Luke, I hear you manage multiple portfolios. Yes. So Luke, my do you manage multiple portfolios? How many, <laughs> <laughs> how many do you have? So, my girlfriend is... Uh, um, she's very trusting. Uh, she's a pretty rich person. Trusting lady, yes. Let's say that. And Particularly when you're buying carnival I manage cruises. her por- <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes. So I manage her portfolio as well as mine. Okay. I must say it's who's, who's winning? Significant gain. Not uh, she's game. winning it's because obvious, I don't, it's obviously not a game, but I don't play around enough. You and you. <laughs> I just let her sit a lot more. Uh, yeah. And with mine I kinda like play around with it all the time. Yeah. Okay. Stuff it up. Yeah, it, that is the thing, isn't and it? And then I look at those meme stocks and I go, ooh. And then you know lose okay, money. So tell us the tell us your buy on the anyway. Uh, bought cruises. it in at twelve dollars fifty. Oh, that's cheap. Bought twenty shares. Awesome. Sold at seventeen dollars. Oh, that's a good trade. Yeah, I mean how that long, was fine. Do you know how long you held it for? Like six months. Uh, a few months. Yeah, <clears throat> four months, five months, four months yeah. something like that. That's a little game. Um, I like it. Yeah, I also bought GME on her portfolio, not mine. <laughs> How's the FOMO of knowing that it's twenty four dollars now? Oh yeah. Are you feeling not right? that bad? That's yeah. good. That's good. It's not. You got to stay strong. So is now a good time to buy it again, though? I would not be buying what's it, it. What's its all-time high? With the vaccine going on, all-time high. Yeah, you, I do you not have it. that here. No, no. What's it go up to? You've mentioned, it, haven't you? I haven't. No. no, he just mentioned the current price. Oh, current price. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, it's been high. near sixty dollars per share. I I'll know look that. It up. Oh keep, wow. Keep talking. I'll have a look. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, I would not buy this share. Just because of the oh. uncertainty of the coronavirus, and oh, it's really because well, it wasn't uncertain before. Well, it's, <laughs> it's showing a lot of maturity since I bought five that ago. because of how low it was, <laughs> yeah. but it's um, and also it was just a bit of play money. But it's a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. lots of fun. But it's directly affected by the coronavirus, and no one's going on cruises at the moment, mm. especially with uh, five thousand two hundred and eighty-two other just people. Myself out here. Oh no! What you can't get into your own phone. I'm going to have a look at the uh, earnings per share here. I didn't recognize my face with my glasses oh, on it. No. Now it's my email and password. And I can't uh, remember what, what that is. Email? What has happened? Are you joking? Oh, I don't have my phone here. I was uh, going to look it up myself. but What's the all-time high? Uh, I said I'm going to look at the earnings per share, but I meant the all-time high. Okay. So the all-time high of Carnival Cruises. Yeah. Here we go. 69. 420. What do you guess? That's my guess. 69. 69, 420. Okay. 420. 420. I don't guess that. That's way too high. Wow. What is it? I cannot find it here. Oh. You got to get the little graph. You got to go to Google, get the little graph. I mean, yeah, I could do that. Uh, What are you you using, Steak? No, I'm using Google, but I oh, something else. I, I didn't look at the chart. Definitely would have just used steak. 
That's yeah, I it's tried steak. It has 52 week high. Yeah, what's what's 52 week high? Well, I don't have it in front of me now. That'll still be 42.86. Okay. But and it's if a, I put it's it in 24 the, now, is it? If I put it in the graph, what you say? The highest price I can see here is 71.65. 71. In January 2018. Right. It was at 71 and it went all the way down to $7.80. Imagine right. being your classic retiree that's just trying to make a bit of a dividend portfolio of safe, oh, yeah. standard. Oh, I love <laughs> I love Carnival Cruises. I go on the yeah. Carnival Cruises all the time. Yep. You buy in at $70, an unexpected pandemic happens. Goes to seven. And then you really need the money, and you have to sell <laughs> off a few shares, yeah. and it's like, oh, yes. rough. That would not be good. Okay. Very good. I mean, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nathan has no feelings, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> <laughs> he don't care about old people. No. Well, thank you. No, all people are good. Oh, yeah. good. Good. Okay. Shout out to dad. <laughs> <laughs> Just generally, the concept of dad. Not specifically Isaac's dad, because he's, he's very young. To all dads. I was talking about your dad who watches this podcast. No, he's very young too, though. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Bunch of whippersnappers. <laughs> so, great. Let's push on. Uh, so, it, it is a, uh, it's a not buy. Is that right? Oh, hell no. Okay. It's, you mean hell yes. Unless you like a bit of risk. <laughs> I'm so sunburnt. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, all right, <laughs> I will be talking much. about the Bentley Bentayga. He's a sick car. Okay, so it is a very nice car, and uh, they've actually made some upgrades in the last really? year. The 2021 model is a bit different oh, from cool. previous ones. All right. Uh, the cheapest model you can buy yeah. is 340,000 AUD. That's cheaper than the car I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Okay. All right. It is. I mean, it's it's pretty. It's it's a budget. You know, a budget car. Budget, if you, if you budget think about SUV. It. Yeah. Budget SUV. Uh, <laughs> the most expensive one. I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but yeah. from what I could see, it goes up to about 560. Oh wow. Okay. But that's expensive. There's on top of that. There's extra badges. Oh yeah. First edition. You know. Okay. Um, they've got. A, I don't know what all the badge names are. You've probably got to pay another 500 in like. Luxury car tax as well. Oh, legit. Yeah, you got to pay so much in Australia. But um, yeah. but yeah. So around three forty to around five fifty is what you're going to have to pay if you want to get it new. Okay. Uh, we've got three original engine sizes. So right on the OG Bentley because this is only this car came out five years ago. I think. Yeah, that's probably better. Right? Twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, it's got so the original sizes were a four liter V eight. Yeah. A four liter V eight diesel, and a six liter W twelve. Oh my goodness! Um, which is pretty cool, <laughs> um, but <laughs> that is very cool. The new 2021 models, so they've they've just let me guess, twin turbo V8 petrol. No, uh, oh. but that was a good guess. What is it? Uh, well, actually, no, I don't know what the, I don't know if it's turbocharged. I think that it's not turbocharged. Oh, okay. The V8 option. All right, so we've got a hybrid model. Oh, do they really? So yeah, this is the first year that they've had. So oh, the right. lowest spec is the hi- hybrid model. Yeah, yeah. Which is a three-liter turbo. Like the EcoBoost version. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. The three-liter turbo, 250 kilowatt, and a 94 kilowatt electric motor. Okay. So, it's right. decent. That's it's for the. Cool. It's for the person that doesn't actually care. Uh, they they want a nice Bentley yeah. Bentayga. Yeah. But they're not a car person. No, they don't care about performance. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's yeah, good. Uh, then we've got the standard V8. Um, petrol, so right. I think okay. that one's still the four liter V eight. Okay, yeah. Oh, so they've, then, just, they've got rid of the big old W twelve. No, no. And then oh, sorry, we've got the Bentayga Speed, which is the W twelve. Speed. Model That's a terrible name. Yeah, Bentayga Speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously <laughs> it goes. Sounds fast. like a Hot Wheels car to be honest. Yeah. With you. 
goes a little bit fast, you know. Wow. Antigua speed, yeah. So it comes in a four seat or a seven seat. Yeah, four. Okay, yep. yeah. So yeah, yeah, like sit with on your luxury handrest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Luxury throne, yeah. champagne cooler kind of vibe. Or um, like three kids. And or no, it comes in a four seat and yeah, yeah, and and a seven seat. So obviously yeah. one in the middle and yeah. then two in the back, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so that's that's fun. Okay. So the speed model does, which is the W12, does zero to one hundred in three point nine seconds. Impressive for something that is wow moving mountains to actually move. Okay, let's just compare. That. Keep talking. I'm going to look at my figures from the SQ uh, RSQ8. Yeah. So I think the I think that the RSQ8 was a three point two. Um, from memory, so obviously it's not. You, but you got to think about you got to think about a Bentley. They're building this thing to be. What was your zero to one hundred? It was three point nine. Three point eight. Three point eight. It's only oh, <laughs> it's only point one. Yeah. So that's actually surprising because a Bentley is built to be a mammoth of a machine. Like it's built to be big and heavy. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a yeah it's a tank. Whereas Audis are making them to be fast and sleek and correct. Yeah. This is a um this is a twin turbo four liter V eight. Yeah, this one's just this one's the W12. Yeah. So. so for what the Bentley is, it's quite impressive. I think uh, so. Yeah. I think so. I think it's going to be a lot more expensive though. Yeah, I think the Audis are also. You got to consider that Audi is a sports brand. How much did you say, like the W12 version would be? Five hundred or something, didn't you? Yes, I think I saw it for five hundred forty, um, k. Okay. So significantly more than the RSQ8, I would say. Is it? That's what I would. That's what I would guess. Surely. That's 185, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. You buy, buy two RSQ8s, <laughs> three QRSQ8s, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's about uh, the presence, you know? It's about what you see. Oh, it's definitely about the badge. And it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah, and good. so, yeah, it comes with optional carbon ceramic brakes as well. Yeah, um, okay. So if that you was wanna, the same on the RSQ8? Yeah, so if you want to slow down Do you know how from much your, your massive... No, I'm not sure 10 grand or something. Option. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably more. Probably. Um, and on the hybrid uh, model, it comes with a an optional regenerative yeah. braking system, which oh, is pretty yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you can charge up the batteries from your braking, which is actually sick. That's um, great. It's uh, very similar. I don't know. I think I've talked about before the KERS system on Formula One cars. Yep. Very similar to that. Okay. Uh, comes in an all-terrain spec, which I thought was quite funny. Um, if you're into that, that's um, that's cool for uh, for your Bentley. Well, yeah, you props go. to you for taking your Bentley off-road. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Goodness. Um, I wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, no. Neither. Yeah. So I actually watched a uh, I watched a video a while ago yeah. of it versing a Range Rover going up a grassy hill in England. Oh yeah, um, like a very slippery grassy hill. Yeah, and the Bentley was really struggling compared. The Range Rover just went yeah immediately up and just workhorse yeah. climbed all the way so up. So would it be just kind of for cruising across some sand or something like that? Yeah, it's mostly just for highway cruising and um and if you live on a farm. Yeah, okay. And you've got like a bit of a dirt road leading up to your house. Yep. Yeah. If you live on a farm and you need to tow a plough through a muddy bog, um, I think that's what the Bentley's for. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the Range Rover has quite a her- like a heritage of of off roading. They used vehicles. to do, so a, f- a fun little Range Rover fact is that they used to do the craziest rally through um, like the Amazon. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. And, um, wow. and they had a Range Rover uh, event. And so I used to watch heaps of those, but um, but yeah, they did a whole, they built like they built heaps of special ones and did wow. a whole convoy, and yeah, they were right. like all trying to cl- get through the track. True, and, um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, right. But um, yeah. Anyway, so if you want the um the all terrain, that's um that's up to you. It's a, it's a little weird, but um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, it comes with all right. So here's here's something very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the new brake lights are um, 
All right, I'm just gonna show. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna get your reaction. Okay. These are the old brake lights. All right, so very. Yep. Very cool. That looks very, familiar. Yeah. Very big, thick, square kind of brake lights. You look at the new brake lights. Look at those. Oh, true. Oh, what's your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I personally way prefer the old to the new. So that's that's the new. They're keeping, and then that's the old one. Yeah, the yeah. old ones look great. The old ones are big, thick, um, it, square uh, brake lights. It's a trade-off. The new ones do look like it. It follows the suit of the new Bentley. Yeah, shapes. so that's what it's trying to do. So yeah. they're trying to keep it in the family of, of obviously, Bentley design. and it's yeah, and you can tell, and so I can appreciate that. But um, Luke, you have to imagine that you saw it. Um, yes. But uh, they're wow. super oval. Actually, I'll describe it, and you'll be a listener. Very oval kind of shape now. Yep. Uh, and then huge, boxy, um, bougie style before. Okay. Straight to a more sleek, um, you know, more oval design. So, yeah, interesting interesting that they've done that. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a big change. So, they've got a couple of little design things. Most of the design is pretty similar. Yep. Big, thick car. Thick. Uh, it's got... Um, so, yeah, it's got uh, 22 jets in the windscreen for cleaning it so that no spray gets anywhere else on the car. Really? And they're heated. Oh, that's really cool. So oh. they're heated to... Um, Dang. So warm water sprays out at the window yeah, right. to clean it really well. So yeah. uh, that yeah. one is a funny little detail. That's a great fact. It's got a. Um, it's got cleaners for sensors so that it doesn't come up with warning lights to say clean your sensors kind is of thing. Is that the first car that's done that? Or have you oh, heard I'm sure there have been other cars that okay. have... I don't know. I haven't heard of it. I haven't heard of it before, no. But, um, but it's likely that a Rolls-Royce did it first or something, okay. or a Mercedes. I don't know. But um, yeah, let's say it's the first, actually. Just I'm gonna, to name I'm drop a few thing. assumptions there. Well, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's got the internal systems. It's got a knob. Um, I like a good knob in a car. Um, it can so what do you change mean by that. A knob like a, a like a gear selector. Knob. No, no, no. Like a no, like a knob, like a <laughs> like a turning, like a turning. Oh, um, mouse like kind of to control the settings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's got it's got. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. got a switch. That switches between multiple... A switch. It's got a knob and a switch. <laughs> I'm talking about the same thing. All right. Oh. It switches between terrain types. Um, it's a I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And it's got a large central screen. Yep. Um, some some of the materials they used to make it, uh, they've got... They spent two years scouting in the Mississippi wetlands to um, to find the right American red gum. So there's a fun fact. Um, for, for what? Purpose? For the internal. So that's for, oh, for the, the interior. For the wood trim. Yeah. Imagine yeah. paying someone to do that. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's it's. I mean, you gotta Search go for two years. Gotta go above and beyond. Um, yeah. The seats are made of a leather, which uh, so the cows. So it's not vegan. No, I mean it comes in a vegan option now. Does it? Uh, I think okay. it's the first year that they've to. ever done that. Yeah. Have to, yeah. Um, but the seats are made of this leather. When I heard this the first time, I was like, "That's the coolest thing ever." But apparently, right. veganism is cool now. Um, yeah. So the seats are made of a leather leather where the uh, the cows are grazed at a high altitude. <laughs> To avoid insect bites uh, oh, and yeah. avoid blemishes on the leather That's to make cool. the leather perfect. That's smart. So the thrones that they're sitting on yeah. uh, in the Bentley Bentayga are very special yeah. and unaffected by the mosquitoes. So that's cool. Um, very cool. And very excessive. Yeah, it's I mean, it's extra, but, but it's, what it's cool. It's, yeah, it's what you expect. It's those details that uh, it's people. It's the difference love. between an RSQ8 and a Bentayga. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's that's you know that's why you're paying the big bucks. None of this in the RSQ8. No, definitely not. Um, and I watched it. Uh, is it this next question? Is is it quicker than an Audi S8? So S8. Yeah, the the sedan. Right. Um, because. Oh well, yes, it is. That's what it's. Well, no, that's what it's coming up against. Because how I is it coming up against an S8? Well, all right. So the logic behind the video that I watched was that 
the big four-wheel drive luxury car is yep. replacing the classic sedan uh, luxury okay. machine. Yep. Uh, so, so does it also provide the same performance? Does it also pr- just provide the same performance? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was. So you're saying yes? I'm saying definitely yes. All right. So it raced um, the Audi. The Audi has a 4.2 liter V8. Yeah. Um, and it lost. Oh. So it can't beat the S8. Dang. So you would think that it would. I would have thought. What's so, a yeah. S8 Audi. cost? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Either. I'm just going to throw out two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Less. Less probably. Less. You think so? Yeah, yeah less than two hundred. Yeah. Do you I reckon can buy it costs an RSQ8 for what did I say? Hundred eighty. Yeah, a lot less yeah. than. And the you would buy an S8 Bentley. for more. You'd buy an S8 for less than RSQ8. You think so? Yeah. You'd the S8. The S8 is the top line car that they make. Like that's the most. That's the high end luxury. Okay, keep talking. I don't know. I get what you're saying. Like I know that an S6 would obviously be less, okay. and an S4 would be like way less. Yeah. But I'm just going to... All right. I'm guessing that an S8 is more. Okay. All right. You look up. I am. Keep researching. I will. Yeah. Don't stop researching because of me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Keep talking. I don't have anything else to say. That was my last point. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. What can you see an S8 for? 290. That's what I thought. Oh, see? my goodness. It's the top of the range car that they make. It's going to be Still fast. Still, I would not expect Significantly that. less than a... Almost half the price of a Bentley. Yeah, but the S8 is the... That's the Mercedes SL500. That's like the equivalent of the... Whoa. It's... Yeah, okay. Crazy. Okay, cool. Yeah. I did not know that. There you go. Um, so one of the th- cool things... I'll mention well, obviously a cool the fact. R- obviously the R8 is the... Well, yeah, the but like it's the it's the top luxury cruising li- yeah. limousine yeah, yeah, okay. kind of thing. Yeah. So a cool fact about the S8, mm-hmm. when a, um, I saw a test with a brick wall flying at it, like they, um, they had the brick wall on tracks. Yeah. And they had the, oh, okay. and it was like ramming towards it yeah. as though the car was sliding into yeah. a brick wall. Yeah. And the whole car pumps the on the, this is on the Audi S8. The whole yeah. car pumps suspension into the car, the side that's about to hit at the very last second, pumps the suspension up on its side so that the car rolls um, to uh, oh. protect the driver and protect the passengers. Wow. Pretty cool. That is cool. So it's got some ingenious tech. But uh, let's move on to our um, our last segment. All right, so I've been having a look at the BMW M8 competition. Um, so they do... Okay, so the, the 8 series replaces the 6 series. Such a funny name. What is? The M8? Mate. Oh, mate. Yeah, okay. Mate. I didn't think of that. True. So this is the BMW Mate competition. <laughs> and uh, so they do, uh, obviously, like lower spec. So... The lowest eight series, the lowest spec eight series you can get is the M850i, um, and then it goes up to the M8, and then the M8 uh, competition. So t- I'll mainly be talking about the competition because uh, it's the the M8 competition is BMW's currently is currently BMW's most expensive car, um, and it is very expensive. Uh, it is. Is it more expensive than an Audi S8? Yes. Nice. It is. More expensive than some R8s. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so it is 390 to 400K. Um, and it's 100K more than the M5 competition, which is pretty crazy. Um, and so it's all-wheel drive. It's 617 horsepower. Are seven these prices Australian? Yes. Okay. Um, 750 newton meters and 0 to 100 in 3.2 seconds. So the RSQ8 was 3.8, what you were talking about. Um, the Bentayga was 3.9, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is 3.2. And that's a... Um, and So 
to get an idea of the M8, because I don't know if I've actually seen this. Is this a huge it's sedan? A, yeah, it's a two-door um, oh. sedan. Oh, it's like one of those. So uh, coupe. coupe. It's like a two-door, two-door coupe. coupe yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's got back seats, but there's really only room for kids. Yeah. Uh, and from the reviews I was looking at, it seems to be r- trying to rival the 911. Is it a similar shape to, there's a six going around that's also a coupe? Um, it kind of goes around a, six a little bit. Yeah, six series. I'm not oh, sure. you haven't seen that? Okay, no. don't, don't worry. Pretend I didn't say anything. Um, okay, cool. So uh, it's a twin turbo V8. Um, and just for reference, uh, the M850i has 520 horsepower. The M8 has 590 horsepower. And this competition version has 617. Um so a few more. So it's got a few interesting things. I'll run through them. So it's got backlit M8 logos in the headrest. And, sorry, in the headrest. So when you open the door, um, they kind of c- like come on on the headrest. Yeah, that looks kind of cool. There's like this blue waterfall lighting around the doors and the dash, which we've talked about a few times on a few cars. Yeah. Um, but a cool feature that this has is when you open the door, um, the blue light on that particular door starts flashing red. The idea is it's like a safety thing. Um, for when you're opening the door. And they just wanted some fun programming, cars coming to be past. honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe the lighting programmer just wanted to um, yeah. find some cool features. Yeah. Um, so it's got a B&W, which is Bowers & Wilkins um, sound system, which is actually an optional upgrade. Um, so that's the top of the line version. Um, and the speakers themselves have a light in them, which turns on when you've got the stereo on. So they're kind of in the doors. They so B and W. B and W. Okay. Is the brand uh, it's <laughs> like pretty pretty well esteemed brand? It's yeah. it's an old brand, like it's something your parents would know. Yeah. Um. And, uh, and that's yeah. in the BMW. It's in the BMW. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and um, it's got like these little lights in the speakers, and they turn on when it's this, the stereo is on. It's kind of weird, but it's kind of cool. Um, it obviously has multiple modes, as all new cars do nowadays. So it's got an M mode button, which is in the center console. And you can flick between just road, sport, and if you hold it, you get to the track setting. Um, and within the modes, you can configure the chassis and the steering, and you can configure the brakes. So the grab point on the brakes. Oh yeah. How like you know if you're uh, the way you drive, you might want to you know be harder on the brakes or uh, yeah yeah less hard or whatever. You can change the engine. They love customization on the BMWs. Hey, they've totally. always been super into configuring it exactly how you want to. Exactly, and for four hundred grand, maybe you'd expect that. And yeah. uh, the drivetrain, you can make it fully rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive um, in track mode. So uh, then, within track mode, you can create two presets. <laughs> yeah. And the idea is there's M1 and M2, and they're on the butt on the steering wheel, uh, kind of where your thumbs yeah. are. Yeah. The idea is you might uh, have like highway is like M1 or track is M1 yeah. and then like windy back roads is M2 and it yeah. might change how soft the suspension is or whatever it is. So you can have two different settings, um, you know, with bumps, without bumps. Yeah, roads, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, and um, it has gesture control, which is something I have not <laughs> seen in a car before. <laughs> sounds like Neo. Uh, yeah, it sounds similar, right? So um, if you want to turn the volume of the radio up, oh my gosh, you can where the infotainment screen is, you can just spin your finger like this. Uh. And it turns the volume up. It's <laughs> almost like more this. effort. Yeah. What if you miss yeah. the spot that you need to do? I'm not saying it's a good thing. Um, <laughs> and it has another gesture. It's where uh, You've got to learn these gestures too, right? So then there's another gesture. If you 
do a thumbs up, and then turn it to the side. And in front of the infotainment screen, do like this. It starts doing a power slide. <laughs> it starts. <laughs> it skips to the next radio station uh, or yeah. skips to the next track. Wow. It sounds like hard work, yeah. Um, of pressing one button. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a lot harder than just pressing skip on the steering wheel. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, it has climate control rules. Oh. So I really, really like this. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is the feature of like uh, if the temperature is below X degrees automatically turn on heated seats uh, automatically yeah, put yeah, air yeah. on this yeah. you know, all those kind of things yeah. the idea is uh, the person who's driving the car doesn't have to change anything yeah. um, and then along those same lines it has um, a setting called caring car caring car which uh, two presets that you can just select yeah. uh, one of them is called um, vitalize and, it, and both of these presets adjust the lighting the climate control and the music and this particular one called vitalize activates the driver and <laughs> yeah, it, puffs, yeah. it puffs the air yeah. in little puffs towards the driver. And it changes the music <laughs> to something that yeah. activates the driver. Uh, yeah. no, the second one is called Relax, which is the, the other option. And this de-stresses <laughs> the driver. Sorry, the driver. And it so plays so some specific music. And so <laughs> the idea is, as a driver of the M8 competition, do I want to... Uh, I want to relax, so do I want to change the settings of the aircon? Do I want to change the music? Do I want to change all their things, or do I want to just click a button that says relax? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's like a preset on a massage chair. It's quite funny. Yeah. Um, and so that's a few Innovative. interesting things. It has a um, drive recorder. This is a simple piece oh, of tech yeah, which yeah. Um, hasn't been included in a lot of new cars recently, but uh, we should start seeing soon. Which is just a, a both a manual and an automatic dash cam, so you can manually set it or you can set it to automatically record. Ah, uh, you don't you have to get some aftermarket. So thing. you don't, yeah, because it's yeah. ugly, right? Yeah. It's taken them a while, um, but they finally got through that. It's like back when the phones didn't have uh, flashlight on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you invest or own some sort of dash cam company, you might want to get out of that business. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I say, so increasing from the technology you were talking about in regards to. Um, beefing up the suspension on the side where you're going to have a collision. Yeah, yeah. They have side collision warning with steering us with sorry, with steering intervention. Yeah, right. So, uh, it automatically steers away from anything that's going to hit you on the side. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to get T-boned, it'll try and steer away yeah. if there's a car merging over or whatever. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It has um Can you break your wrists doing that? I don't know how like abrupt it is. Well, yeah, if it well, if someone's about to hit you on the side, you would want a, an abrupt, sti- abrupt yeah, steering assist. Yeah, I, I agree. And if you've got your fingers in the steering wheel... Yeah, you could, um, break, could break a finger. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. yeah I agree. Um, it might not be abrupt. Maybe it's just to lessen the impact or something. Yeah. Um, it has. It does have, obviously, some sort of um, automated driver system. So it's got, a, it's got two parts to it. It's got a camera which faces the driver in the um, cluster. And it just focuses on your eyes and and determines whether or not you're focusing on the road. If you are, then it allows um, the automated driving system to um, act, and it just drives at speeds under 65 kilometers an hour. So the idea is it's traffic jam. It's your traffic jam assistant is the way that they market it. Um, And then above that 65 kilometer an hour speed is just adaptive cruise like every other car. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then just a few other things. Um, It has... uh, uh, quite a deep boot. Uh, the idea yep. behind that is um, literally for golf Bodies. club storage. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. And golf clubs. <laughs> <laughs> and then specific to the comp, uh, the competition version, is some specific wheels, which you'll also find on the competition M5. Um, some, uh, like a competition badge underneath the M8 on the back, which looks really cool. It's in black. 
and it actually has a carbon fiber roof, which uh, looks awesome. Maybe slightly lowers the center of gravity and allows it to handle a little better. So um, all in all, really, really cool car. It's, it's somewhat of a niche market in regards to just being a two-door coupe for 400 grand. Um, that and only golfers want it. And yeah, maybe the market is, you know, because I was going to say you could buy a lot for 400 grand, right? Yeah. You buy a supercar yeah. for that. Yeah. You buy an Audi R8 for yeah. that, but you can't really get your golf clubs in it. So maybe the market is the mm. older demographic who want a car that's going to be exciting and still be able to put golf clubs and stuff in the back. Circling it's, back it's like a GT to, car. Uh, yeah, circling back to that um, setup stuff, I was actually watching one of the episodes of Top Gear just yeah. before um, Jeremy and Richard and James left. Yep. And uh, it was one where they toured Italy. Yep. And it was really interesting because they, um, it was one of their special episodes uh, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And Jeremy was setting up a BMW M3. Oh, M4. It was the f- maybe the ah, first year that they had the M4. Cool. Yeah, yeah. He was setting it up and he was saying that they had all these sport functions yeah. and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And the sport function made the car so razor sharp and so silly. Yes. That it was like impossible to steer it because it was like really he said that the steering wheel was like an on and off switch. Wow! Because it was just like immediately full lock yep. or nothing. Yeah. And so wow. he said that he set it up to sports suspension. Yeah. Um, had the full sport mode on except for the steering, which he left on full comfort. Yeah. And then with full comfort steering, he could precisely wow. drift, oversteer the car. Interesting. Because it had so much give before it started moving yep. the wheels, kind of yep. thing. Yeah. So he could perfectly set up the car in a way which made it easy to drive there on a go. track. Yep. So yeah, it was funny that the more comfort, he went for the most comfort steering there. True. But lucky they had that option because if they had have just made it a preset that you couldn't change, yeah. then obviously he would have had some bad reviews. Yeah. Because if you have an on-off switch for a track car, it's like, how are you going to specifically hit an apex? I don't know. True. Maybe he's go. just an idiot though, so. No, I feel like he knows. He's driven a lot of cars. He's, so. he's, pro- cars. he's, pretty, he's pretty smart. Yeah. So there you go. That's the M8 competition. Great car. I would have it. Wouldn't pay for it. I'd have it for free. It's not something I'd purchase, but yeah, cool car. Yeah, I'd have it for free. Yeah. That's my conclusion as and well. And I'd probably sell it and buy an RS6. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, RS6, yes. So good. Yeah. Cool. Fit a lot of golf clubs in an RS6. You would. And a bodies. And that is a wrap. Thank you for listening to HQLA. It's, uh, it's th- the more income you make, the more power to you. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know I'm not the only one who messes up the outros. <laughs> <laughs>